Hey, this is Courtney. And this is Drew, and we're Honey Boy and Boots, and we're glad to be uh, playing on Nashville Rocks Podcast. Nashville Rocks. You're listening to the Nashville Rocks Podcast. Your source for independent music in Nashville and the Mid-South. Nashville Rocks. Now, your host, Jason Coleman. Hey, everybody, and welcome to the next episode of the Nashville Rocks Podcast. I'm Jason Coleman, your host, and I have a wonderful couple with me tonight. And uh, we're going to be going over their their tunes, and we've even got a really special treat for you. It's the very first live recording in the Nashville Rocks studios that we will share with you. It's the last track you're going to listen to tonight, so make sure to stay tuned and uh, hang out with us and enjoy the show. Uh, But tonight I have with me... Honey Boy and Boots. Now, they're a husband and wife team, a guitar and cello duo with a unique style that's all their own. The songs Drew writes come straight from the heart. Their sound embodies Americana, traditional folk, alt-country, and blues. Drew Blackwell, the male part of Honey Boy and Boots, is a true Southerner raised in the heart of the Black Prairie in Mississippi. First picking up the guitar at 14, he was greatly influenced by his uncle, Doug, who taught him old country and folk classics, and I think we're going to hear a song about that later. Later, he was mentored and inspired to write and feel the blues by Alabama blues artist Willie King. You will hear all of this in his writing and his stories come alive in his songs. Courtney Blackwell the female part of Honey Boy and Boots, grew up in Washington State and comes from a talented musical family. She began playing cello at the age of three. Could you even pick up the cello at three? <laughs> her mother was most influential in her progression of technique, tone quality, and ear training. Since traveling around much of the South, she's enjoyed focusing on the variety of ways the cello is used in ensembles. When she plays, you'll feel those groovy bass lines making way to soaring leads create an emotional and magical connection between you and her music. The duo formed in Mississippi in 2011 and in 2014 moved to Nashville. That's why they're here. They've opened for such such acts as you're gonna have to help me with these Verlon Thompson, Verlon Thompson, Verlon Thompson, the Josh Abbott Band, Carrie Hudson of Blue Mountain, and Rising Appalachia. This past year, they've performed at the 2015 Pilgrimage Music Festival in Franklin. They've also come in second place at the 2015 Gulf Coast Songwriter Shootout in Orange Beach, Florida. Though they spend most of their time on the road touring Alabama, Tennessee, Mississippi, Florida, Texas, Washington. <sighs> Idaho, and they're proud to call Tennessee home, and thankfully, the Nashville area, thus Nashville Rocks. Welcome to the show. Hey, how's it going? It's going great. It's going great. Glad to be here. And we, yeah, hey, I'm really thankful that we met. Yeah. Um, And I guess I could tell that story real quick. Um, I book for a friend of mine um, who's actually had an interview on the the website, Rich Lehman. And uh, he was playing the 12 South Farmer's Market. When I, fir- when I first started booking him, I was like, hey, go play this Farmer's Market. And uh, ran into you guys playing there because there was three acts that day, if I remember yeah. correctly. Yeah. 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 And uh, guys, when, you f- when I first heard you, I was kind of like, for me, it was, it was almost shocking a little bit because I'm kind of a rock head. And... And hearing you guys in the the down home Americana roots kind of music, it just it fit the environment we were in, 
and it fit the people and there were kids coming up and listening to the music and everything. It was just like the perfect Southern music, you know? <laughs> um, so it was, it was great to meet y'all there. And, yeah. and how did, how did you get hooked up with playing at the farmer's market? Uh, through Mark, um, uh, and I don't know how he first heard about us. He sent me an email, and I don't know how he... Uh, he said he saw us when we played at Bugging That Pig. That's right, Bugging That Pig. Bugging yeah, we played there about once sense. a month. He does a writer's night yeah. there. Yes, he yes. was going into the writer's night, and he I saw forgot. He playing yeah. outside. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Awesome, yeah. So so that's where we met, and it's good to touch base back with you guys and have you yeah. in. Um, and I can't wait to share this live piece that you guys did. Yeah. It's really cool. Thanks, and it's man. it's something that you guys play normally out live yeah, and whatnot. Yeah, pretty much yeah. every show. So yeah. yeah. It's, is it a new piece or is it one that just stuck with you? No, I wrote it a while. I wrote it before we met, um, but we recorded it on our latest album. Um, and, uh, yeah, it's one we do. It's pretty much one we do every show. So, so. how many recordings do you, have you guys officially got now? Well, we got two CDs out. Uh, the first one um, is the quality is quite, not quite as good as the second one, but we actually re- went and re- back, went back this summer and re-recorded the entire first album. So we're going to re-release it. It's kind of uh, like a reissue. Like there like you go. Reissue. And What's... then we've got enough material for a new album we're starting to work on, hopefully this uh, this spring or January or February. Nice. We have a third uh, CD out. Um, Hopefully this spring. Well, let, yeah. let's plug what you got now, though, so they can get yeah. it on iTunes and yeah, all yeah. the fun places, the, CD Baby. The latest record is Waiting on a Song. Um, uh, and we've got several tracks. tracks. we got Le- several tracks tonight. So yeah. not just yeah. the live one we're playing later, but we got right. two other tracks. Yes. Uh-huh. Uh, so. T- so tell me about those two tracks. Which two tracks are you guys going to play for uh, us tonight? The title track, uh, Waiting on a Song, um, and it was kind of written as a... Uh, well, at the time when I wrote it, um, we were down in, uh, in Mobile, and there's this uh, um, thing called Joe Kane Day, which is kind of like Mardi Gras for them in Mobile. And uh, at the time, I still was we were still living in Mississippi, and I was still at a day job. And so this was on a Sunday afternoon, and we played for this event. And then we had to drive back to Mississippi, and we got caught like in a uh, almost in a well, there was a tornado. Goodness. We didn't get, we were fine. That's an everyday <laughs> event these days. So, here. uh, yeah. the next day, uh, I was at work and I was doing my bulk of, bulk of my songwriting at, uh, at this job I had only on schedule breaks, but uh, of course, yes, <laughs> yes, of course. And, uh, so this song kind of just came out cause we've been traveling a lot and it was kind of a weird transition cause every weekend we were just going somewhere and playing and then, you know, Monday morning back at work, it's just kind of weird, uh, weird. Mm-hmm situation to right. be in so this song kind of, that song kind of came out of that so. nice yeah and then the second one i guess we'll do is uh vinnie c the ballad of vinnie c and uh this is a partly true story um we were at this venue in uh in back in mississippi that we play at pretty regularly called anthony's good food market and we weren't playing that night we were just uh, going to eat and uh this guy was there named vinnie c and he was just this little skinny white guy who had uh, was this old guitar and was playing these blues songs and he was just really quite a character he would play like start playing a song and then he'd stop in the middle of it and go on a rant about politics or <laughs> or something else Music something South. that made him mad and then he'd start the song back over again so you get about three three or four songs per hour 
Um, but anyway, the next day I just kind of thought it'd be neat to write a song about that guy, but I didn't really know much information. So I took kind of what I'd seen that night and then just made the rest of it up and, uh, and, um, and wrote it. And then, you know, and then we put the album out and I, I, several months after we put the album out, we oh, don't got, tell me he found you. Did he find oh, you? we got billed on the, <laughs> at the same show. It was like a, it was, oh, like, no. it was like a show with several artists oh, and he was nice. on the bill. He was. And, uh, so I was kind of nervous, like. You know, What's I met, he gonna say? Yeah, and uh, so um, we met him, and we said, "Yeah, you know, I don't know if you know this or not, but we we got a song about you." He said, "Oh yeah, I know, I've I've heard it." <laughs> so somebody did so, let him know. Oh, okay. But he said he liked it. So oh, that's great. Yeah, he that's said, great. "You get me, man. You get me." <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome. Yes, I yeah. guess it's it's so. better than a slap in the face, and I'm I don't want to be yeah. in the same room with you, right? right? Yeah. 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 <laughs> so that that's funny. great. Yeah. That's great. So we got so we got those two tracks, and then we have the live bit that the live that one. is a first for nashville yeah. rocks i'm gonna say that over and over tonight yeah yeah <laughs> i've gotta gotta push something um so you know when people first see you guys mm-hmm. something that was interesting to me the very first time i saw you was boots <laughs> living up to her moniker <laughs> stomping on a little stage slash wooden box right piece okay. as part of the music mm-hmm. how did that come about well i I knew that uh, as far as music goes, the motion that comes from music, you want to be able to move, you want to be able to express when you play. And so I've seen a few other cellists that stand up and play, and I thought, well, I'll try it. Yeah, I guess because when you when you normally see a cellist, they're sitting down and they're straddling the, yeah. the cello. Yeah, and there's no there's no motion to the music when you have to be seated and. And I didn't like that because I, I like to be able to look at Drew and I like to be able right. to be expressive with, with it because that's what we're doing. We're expressing emotion. We're expressing word and speak through song and uh, lyrics and stories. Mm-hmm. And um, so at first we were, we were on our honeymoon and we played here in Franklin at Kimbrough's and not very close to Nashville. But... Um, Franklin is Nashville. It is. Yeah. That's it's, where all the Nashvilleians moved <laughs> after all the New Yorkers and <laughs> L.A. people in yeah. Michigan folks started moving down here. So yeah. we were on our honeymoon, and I wanted to. I, I I started standing up, and I felt comfortable with that, and felt good about that. And then, um, I tried. I kind of had this concept in my head of what I wanted to stand on, and and we were playing at this place in Mississippi in Tupelo. At um, it's called Blue Canoe, and their stage is like a um, porch. It's made out of recycled old wood, and mm-hmm. my tambourine was on the floor, just kind of teasing me because I'm gonna play it, but I'm not gonna, <laughs> you know, I'm playing cello, but I'm gonna play it. I'm, somehow I'm gonna play it, and I started stomping, and the the tambourine was resonating from my stomp. Right, and I was like, that's exactly what I picture and hear in my head. But wanting to relay that, and so from that it came to I need some kind of box to stand on. Yeah, I was gonna try to build something, and then we were at a, a thrift store one day, and she like, found this, oh, uh, this coffee perfect. table, and we just bought it and took the legs off, and that's what that's what she used. That's sweet. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't have table. to build anything. So. Nice. <laughs> yeah, and I yeah. get to look through a little bit more. Yeah, closely you get a, in the eye. <laughs> he's a tall fellow. He's a tall fellow. <laughs> I have to look up at him. Oh. <laughs> so, so that's how it came about. Yeah. Now let's talk about the pros and cons of stomping on a box for yeah. the feel of the music and the emotion. 
you don't want to stomp off the bucks. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you never want to lose your footing. Um, pros and cons. Do you have any pros and cons? Uh, no, I'm not having to do it. So <laughs> <laughs> I think it's great. To me, it's great. It adds a lot to the music. It really adds a rhythm and a beat, and you could tell it in the crowd. Like from, I could tell it just in the audience. Like from when we didn't have it to when we have it, people. It really. It just kind of gives somebody that kind of that you know a little bit of a rhythm to to dance or just to get into it or whatever mm-hmm. and we'll see little kids even coming Start up like stomping. trying no, to stomp and nice. <laughs> That's they're awesome. stomping and uh i saw this little girl lulu's in in destin florida and she had boots like almost exactly like mine and she was stomping and i was mm-hmm. like oh oh that's awesome so cute it is that really is. cute well, it's cool because she can, um, you know, some song, if we do like a really slow song, she may not d- do it, but then the upbeat stuff she does, mm-hmm. and then she, and there's all variations, so it kind of gives it a little, mm-hmm. gives it, she gives it more dynamics, you know. Stomping for a, harder for more yeah. really good right. grit, you know, stop, stomping softer where you really only right. kind of maybe hear the tambourine resonate. Right. Mm-hmm. So that is all going on while I'm trying to play and while I'm trying to sing. So right. the cons <laughs> might be that that's three times a what I'm having to do right. and that's a lot and excessive and I don't have to go to the gym <laughs> right. I was going to say because you can wear yourself it's out it's a workout it is it is really a workout I'm, I'm, I'm stepping off at the stage after the first set and I'm already starting to sweat and he's right. not sweating at all I'm like yeah. this is not fair <laughs> I, this is not fair you're on like an elliptical trainer for all <laughs> intents and purposes your arms going you're holding a big massive cello up and you're stomping at the same time <laughs> It's kind of like one of those guys. I don't know if you've seen the commercial of the big muscle guy, and he's got all the little sensors attached to him, and he's playing all these instruments by flexing his muscles. <laughs> it's totally fake, but it's so awesome. I that love it. That's funny. But yeah, you, you would be a multi instrumentalist at that point, I imagine. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, that, that's great. You know, I, to to add that kind of feel to the music, I think is is a wonderful thing too, because you're, you're for all intents and purposes, you just added another member of the band. Yeah. You know. Yeah. So that's, and, that's great. And also, um, coming from the roots and the music and the folk. There's a lot of tambourine, blues, too. The blues, like uh, black blues artists that were picking and playing on the porches would stomp. I saw oh, a video yeah, a today of, uh, mm-hmm. that was a, a historical video that someone posted on Facebook mm-hmm. of one of the old blues artists. And she was literally playing on a, a train depot yeah i've seen that one, uh, oh my great. goodness it's it was, great it was awesome i can't think of her name off the top of my head yeah but it was amazing big she, mama thornton or something yeah 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 she yeah. had a big winter coat on and she was jamming out she had one of those nice gibson guitars yeah, yeah. but she was just kind of barely hitting it was mostly she she was singing in a blues rhythm mm-hmm. you know it was a good 12 bars but she was almost telling you know more telling a story and more loudly yeah. talking than anything right. else like yeah. the early version of a rap almost oh, right yeah. you know it, but it was all about the story it was, oh, yeah. it was cra- it's amazing yeah. yeah um and i that's something that you guys bring to it i think you're kind of bringing an older version mm-hmm. of you know what our music past looked like mm-hmm. bringing that back to a, a newer generation yeah. yeah. Have you had anybody else tell you that, or am I speaking out of the side of my no. face? No, I, no. I, I, I would agree with that. I, I'm really, really into a lot of old music and that old kind of, you know, old, what, if you want to call it old country or old blues. I mean, a lot of there's a lot of crossover there, but uh, there's there's so much storytelling in that, and there's so much. Yeah, it's all about the story, and it's the music 
is good, but a lot of it is the rhythm of the music. It's right. Just, it's, it's simple music, but it's, you know, it's, it's, and it's telling a story. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. yeah. Sweet. All right. Well, uh, let's listen to that first track. Okay. Uh, give me the name of it again. Waiting we'll, on a song. Waiting on a song, Honey Boy in Boots. Well, the road to Carolina is as long as it can be. Longer than the eyes up there in eastern Tennessee And they say from Lookout Mountain Can't see on and on and on But I'm down in Mississippi And I'm waiting on a song I have driven past Graceland I did not go in Rendezvous near Bill Street Went there with some friends And the nightlight there is crazy And the morning takes so long But I'm down in Mississippi I'm waiting on a song And I'm as restless as the wind Now ain't that a cliche I am tireder than a hobo Who is drunk and lost his way Down in Mississippi Waiting on a song Just a few more days now And I'll be moving on Well the folks down there in Mobile Sure have a good time Throwing beads and moon pies and drinking beer and wine on Sunday on Joe Kane Day. Nothing's right and nothing's wrong. But I'm down in Mississippi and I'm waiting on a song. And I'm as restless as the wind. Now ain't that a cliche? I am tighter than a hobo. by the moonlight, drink the sunshine by the day, and if I make it to the Swanee, I will dance and sing along. But I'm down in Mississippi, and I'm waiting on a song. And I'm as restless as the wind, now ain't that a cliche, I am tighter than a hobo and lost his way down in Mississippi waiting on a song just a few more days now 
right, and we are back. This is the Nashville Rocks podcast, and I have with me Honey Boy and Boots. And uh, the, I, I really like that tune. It, Thanks. It, it, it actually makes me think of a couple of funny things, actually. Aside from the fact that you're singing about Mississippi a lot, and mm-hmm. now that you're living in Tennessee and Nashville, you're going to have to write some songs about Nashville, right? <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. Okay. I it's going to happen. So. <laughs> I'm, just, I'm just messing with you. But it made me think, you know, your music is very raw. And uh, and, I, and I'm thinking from it, because I know you guys travel a lot, and I know mm-hmm. you tour a lot and play all kinds of different types of venues. Right. And it, it makes me think about traveling with your m- wife is got to be so much more pleasant than traveling with a band. <laughs> yeah, it's got to be. I, I've never done a lot of traveling with the band. I've, I've got a blues band still back in Mississippi I play with from time to time. We don't do we don't do a lot of traveling together just because of our schedules right. and stuff, but uh, yeah, it, it you know we probably wouldn't be doing this full time if we weren't married and doing it together because we wouldn't want to be apart all the time. Yeah, we want to be apart all the time, but, and you uh, don't don't have to worry about you know dirty bathrooms and, and oh, with yeah. your band members and somebody in the band making you mad and oh, you yeah, know yeah. somebody i mean it's <laughs> i can just think yeah. of all the different things oh yeah and you, and, yeah. and and playing raw music you don't need a five-piece band you don't right. need to have a, a van that you pay for and pull a trailer and all that kind of right, jazz right. for the most part yeah mm-hmm. yeah we've we like doing the duo thing and uh we've we've ha- had some gigs where we've had uh, in the past where we've had a like a friend play drums and stuff and and really uh you know i feel like it's better just the two of us and now with the stomp box thing it kind of we get a pretty full sound for just a duo i agree yeah and um and uh you know, so yeah, we like we like doing it. That's great. Like this. That's awesome. <laughs> we oh, spend and, and, all of our time together. But, but if you have a fight, it's also a couple fight. That's the only <laughs> problem. Yep. So if, if it's a music fight or a travel fight or a <laughs> venue fight, then it's a couple fight. Right. So, yep. so, so it's a good separate and bad. work yeah. and marriage. Right. right. It's not just it's the finances, the right? Yeah. It's yeah. not just work and and uh, travel. It's it's yeah. personal as well. No matter yes. what you do. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> And I'm not going to go into the fighting part. <laughs> We're not going to go into that. Oh. Um, but so so let's start recording. So you guys are, are doing something right now. Uh, and you said you got some new recordings coming up in the first part of the year. Yes. Yeah. Uh, so where are, you, are, where are you recording in Nashville? Do you have a friend that's helping or well, do you have a big studio? What's going on? We're kind of uh, not exactly sure yet. We've, we've, we've done some initial recording at a studio out in uh, Leaper's Fork. And um, and then we've also... Michael Latanzi. Yeah. And we've and we're not sure where we're going to finish up. We've got a friend back in Mississippi who does uh, has a studio and does that too. So we may do some stuff with him. We're just not sure yet. But gotcha. Uh, so and, and so so how so how far along in the process are you of getting this one released? Oh, very beginning. We're, okay. we're pretty early on. Okay. Yeah. I'm trying to decide how of, many songs to put on it. Whether yeah. it should be an EP or a full another right full mm. CD. Gotcha. So. Um, yeah, pretty early stages. But do you we, do you prefer road to studio though? I, I do. I, I mean, I, I you know, uh, no pressure, right? Right. <laughs> Except yeah. for trying to get right. people in the well, door. Well, I'm just, I'm just more. <laughs> Every I, venue's like, I, I don't care what you sound like. Can you get people in the door? Right. Right. Yeah. I, I'm more just geared that way to do a live show to play the song and then go on to the next song mm-hmm. and and I that I I, I tend to not take enough time in the studio to get it right and and courtney's more of a perfectionist and she, yeah you're, she, you're she like okay let's move on to the next one no no we have to play that song <laughs> 10 more times yes, yes. yes. 
So she's a lot better in the studio um, than me. She does a lot of session work too. So she's used to she's in, she's in there more. And I imagine there's so. not a whole lot of cellists in Nashville. <laughs> no. That's is that why you get a lot of studio work? Or, yeah, and you're good at I, it. I enjoy, obviously, yeah, I enjoy it. I, yeah. I like the challenge, and I like to work with other artists too. Absolutely, it's, I think yeah, there's fun. So tell me about that. Do you guys do networking, songwriting, co-writing? Um, I'm I'm trying to get more into doing co-writing. Most, you know, in the past I've pretty much only written by myself. Um, but I like it's something I would like to look into. And I'm trying to branch out and do more of. Courtney does a lot of uh, a lot of of like I said, session work and playing with other musicians. Mm-hmm. And she's doing like she's playing for a she plays for churches and stuff. She's doing a Christmas uh, Eve. Mm-hmm thing with a church in uh in uh spring hill nice i uh, just got off tour playing with dylan leblanc and we opened for lair lynn and lair lynn has worked with t-bone burnett and she's a national wrote a lot of songs on true detective the hbo series oh nice and so that was something i just recently did in november i'm waiting for true detective to be free on prime yeah, it's, it's they a, still want to charge. The first right season now. is good. We haven't seen the second <laughs> I, I've season. I've heard yet. the second season is not as good, but the first season was very good. We yeah. saw it. it was and so I, I, I work with a lot of different artists in a lot of different genres and and areas, and that's yeah. fun for me because I'm strictly grew up classically trained and right. played yeah. mostly classical music, but in the past six years I've kind of changed my genre to play folk and blues right. and bluegrass and you know just yeah. and what's interesting about the cello too i i went and saw one way way back probably 96 ish i went and saw uh poe oh. have you ever heard of poe before Sure, I have. So, so you'll probably dig her you have to look her up now it's going to be a mystery until you listen to some of her stuff but she had a cellist and but played it in the most non-traditional sense you could ever believe oh, really? uh, and treated it almost like a distorted guitar it yeah, was it was yeah it was amazing the first time i saw it live i was kind of shocked i was like that's a that's a cello what's yeah. what's that doing you know yeah, um, yeah so that's something to, to check out because i know poe po did that oh, um and it's kind of funny because I, I was looking her up a couple weeks ago because i was just for some reason thinking about her music because I was listening to Pandora and mm-hmm. pulled up a song and I remember that of hers having yeah. that cellist along with her on the tour it was cool. pretty amazing mm-hmm. awesome. um, so the non-traditional sense of of how a cello can be played I mean you can go in so many different directions with it yeah yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. so are, are you still doing classical stuff though I mean I realize you're you know working with churches and whatnot but are you doing kind of um, quartet kind of things or I don't have a, a quartet or or trio that I'm playing with mm-hmm. currently um all throughout high school I did play yeah. with but you play for weddings from time to time oh yeah we played we play for weddings weekend yeah so uh, we do classical music at weddings and, nice and we can learn almost any song that I've learned a few <laughs> he can play Paco the march cannon very proud of I gave him my eight notes <laughs> nice so, yeah. nice that's great so, so uh what what is what is next for you guys i mean i know you're working on this this release but if you could give yourself a five-year plan yeah what well, would it be well this next year for sure this, this last year was really good we we did a lot of traveling we were out of town a lot and it was all good we, we had a lot of uh, good stuff 
happen for us. But this year we're kind of wanting to, we're still going to try to get out of town and gig, but try to gig more in town and focus more on being in Nashville more, yeah. mm-hmm. making more connections, her doing more studio work, trying to do more. Cause you guys are all, I mean, you guys Nashville. are traveling all over the place. Yeah. Right? We did a lot you, of, when you, when you book, are you trying to book in succession where you're traveling? Oh yeah. Or yeah, do, yeah. Okay. She'll, she'll book, uh, she does most of our bookings. She'll book something and then that'll kind of be the first one. And then she'll say, what can I do around that? Or yeah. what's on the way to that? And you know, what, or what's on the way back from that? And so mm-hmm. we'll kind of go, go from there. And this um, last trip, we went to Savannah because my dad had a convention for work and we were just like wanted to visit family and sure. stuff. But we, so you book a gig while you're down there. Oh yeah. yeah. <laughs> Fantastic. Yeah, it went good. It and went Savannah's fun. a perfect place it's, for that kind of music. Yeah, it was fun. It was, it was a fun great. gig. And, uh, we have an open town. invitation to come back to the venue and play. Nice. And we had a really good crowd and they really enjoyed the music. Good. Yeah. Good. Yeah. That's great. That's great. So, well, let's, let's move on to the next track. So we have the, the Ballad of Vinny C. Yes. I actually remember that. <laughs> yeah. Um, and we got the story about Vinny and how you guys got put back together. So now yeah. <laughs> we're going to hear the music part yeah. of this. Yep. This is the Ballad of Vinny C with Honey Boy and Boots. He was born and raised in New Albany That's right next door to below Mississippi And he goes by the name of Tennessee Plays an old school simmer by the upper phone Got that hill country sound that John Lee drone Tennessee He's a one man, two hand, toe tapping, traveling band. Tennessee, you gotta get down, make a sound, stop a thing, clap your hands. Your hands, 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 he's a traveling man. He got some old school cigar box guitars for sale. Government cheese box that'll really well. A Venice's cheese box guitars for sale. Pick one up at the show or get one through the mail. If you got the money, he'll put it in your hands. If you don't want to put you on a payment plan. Venice, he's a one man, two hand, toe tapping, traveling man. You gotta get down, make a sound, stop it, and clap your hands. Your hands, hands, hands is a traveling man. First two verses of that song were mostly true, but the last verse is almost entirely made up. But you know, statistics show that 83% of all bluesmen 
at one point in time did have a dog and at one point in time that dog was a blue tick hound so there is some chance that this last verse might have some truth to it you got a blue tick hound named Ramblin' Sam lives off Venus and devil hands sweet as can be and gentle as a lamb and he rides in the back of many's old Dodge Ram he likes it when Benny starts a ticking a tune Benny and Sam be howling at the moon Benny C, he's a one-man, two-hand, toe-tapper-traveling man Benny C, he gotta get down, make a sound, stop a thing, clap your hands And we're back. This is Nashville Rocks, and we're hanging out with Honey Boy and Boots. And that was the ballad, the ballad of Vinny C. And uh, he is a toe tapping traveling band for the most part. He's a wild man. So, uh, yeah. so there's more about Vinny C. Yep. That we almost you almost ruined the story for me. But I, let's let's hear the whole the rest of the story about Vinny C. When he got up and played. Uh, well, there's a verse in there I put. Uh, that kind of relates to this. He got up there and played, and he had uh, some of these. He makes these cigar box guitars, and he had them on stage with them. And he said, uh, "Now anything you see on stage with me is for sale, including the guitar I'm playing, any of my equipment, my amp. It's all for sale. If you want to buy something, just let me know." But he said, "He said I got these cigar box guitars, but then he also had this a couple of guitars he had made that he said. Um, he said." Uh, now sometimes I'm, when I'm broke, I don't have money to go buy cigar boxes, so I get this government. I guess he's like on welfare or something. He said I get this government issued cheese, and it comes in these box boxes. Right. The, said, the real government cheese, yeah. And so he makes the guitars out of these government cheese boxes <laughs> instead of cigar box guitars. Nice. He didn't have any money, so I had to put that in the song. About him having a is it, government. Cheese. Are they playable? The government cheese box. I've never played one. I've seen one, but uh, I, I mean, I'm, I'm sure it makes some sort of noise. <laughs> some kind of twang. That's all you need, right? Yeah, yeah. a so, twang and a string, and yeah. you can make t- different tones on that string. Yep. I guess. Yep. So, I had to put that in a song about the government cheese box, you know, for sale. Oh, that's awesome. <laughs> and he and he gets up and speaks a lot. Oh, he yes. probably speaks more than he plays too. Yes, he, he talks and likes to go on and on about. Different things. <laughs> <laughs> Without so, getting into detail. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> nice. So, so, so uh, let's talk about influences a little bit. Because this is, I mean, this is homegrown stuff. And you guys are fairly young. Yeah. So how the, I mean, how the heck did that happen? I mean, we're going to hear a song a little bit about it. Yeah. The live Nashville Rock Studios song we're oh, going to yeah. hear. Yeah, um, that's right. Talks a little bit about it. But why don't you tell us more for those who um, well, are interested? I, um, I, you know, I came from a pretty musical family, you know, uh, singing in church. And uh, my mom plays piano. And uh, um, But I got, uh, I got well, in particular, I got this Uncle Doug, who was from East Tennessee. Uh, and he is uh, just kind of a, 
he's a guitar player and, and he just knows a ton of old country songs and uh and so i grew up and, and we have we're pretty close family and so every year we have a big family reunion and he and his sons all play and a couple other cousins that we they all get together and sit around and they play these old songs and so from the time i was a kid i grew up listening to them play these songs and so the first time i ever heard a, a john prine song or a willie nelson song or anything like that was from uncle doug from and family playing it yeah. So I got really into that, and you know, um, I'm, I'm imagining in my head. This is horrible, but I'm imagining like that Andy Griffith family. What was the name of those oh, guys? The Darlings. The, the Dar- I'm imagining the Darlings. Was it something like that? So, uh, similar, similar to that, you know. And it was, it was always, uh, and we still do it today. Like we, we have, the, we were there this past. Everybody just like get you, get you, get your instrument, instrument out. out. Yeah. It's usually later in the evening, and then the later it gets, the more interesting the the songs. Of get. course. And, uh, it never does fit. whisk does moonshine flow in East Tennessee still? Oh yeah, maybe oh, yeah. a little. Sometimes, yeah. <laughs> but it never fails. Every year, Uncle Doug will pull out a song that I have never heard before, and he'll and I'll look it up later, and it'll be some song from the '40s or '50s mm-hmm. or '60s that I've never, never right. ever even heard before. Right. You know? So that was a big influence for me. Um, um, got really got into that kind of this just the singer songwriter aspect of it, like these stories, these old. Well, I think there's even more to it. I think it's yeah. uh, the way you describe the story and and the Darlings themselves. Yeah, you know the characters they played. Yeah, um, it's it's family music. Yeah, yeah, exactly. You no, know, it's not yeah, like you're exactly. watching MTV and and saying I want to be like that. Right. It's like you you're having family over for dinner and everybody's right. just having fun on the front porch. Right, right. Mm-hmm. So that was kind of the the folk and old country side of things. And then when I got to be about 18 or 19, just out of high school, I got hooked up with this uh, this old blues guy named Willie King who lived near me. And he would play for, um, like, we people with their parties when I was in high school and just out of high school and, uh, you know, somebody's house. Or I lived out in the country, so out in the mm-hmm. fields and barns or whatever. And he would come. Yeah, barn parties. He would come play. And uh, it was and he was just this really just dirty old joint style blues and um so i really would just never had heard anything like that before until i started hearing him play and he said um it was kind of like similar to that video you said you saw with uh i think big mama thornton Mm -hmm. very very raw very just uh rhythmic and um so anyway, I got to know him, and um, me and a friend started going out to his uh, trailer every about every Saturday, and um, and um, he was just teach us these old blues songs, and of course it was just like no, a completely different way of learning because it was just very much, uh, you know, no no chords or charts, and it was just like just, just feel just it, do just twelve bars, yeah. hang on. So, uh, and then eventually uh, he he kind of put uh, like I've got he put. The blues band I still have, he kind of put us together, me and the other guitar player. Um, one day we went out to his trailer, and uh, this other guy was driving up, and I said, who's that, Willie? And he said, oh, this is your band. And I said, what do you mean? He said, oh, this guy plays guitar. And he said, y'all need, y'all going to start a band together. So, okay. And so we practiced the one day with the kid who was Caleb, and he was a young kid, really great guitar player, still is a great guitar player. And then the next weekend he called and said, all right, we got a gig. 
And we said, well, we're not ready to play. He goes, oh, no, it'll be fine. You know, we gotta get- <laughs> we're just going to go play. <laughs> so we started, we went and did it. And then we started about every weekend. We, you know, we go, he had another band that was kind of, he'd do his big gigs with, or bigger gigs, but then he'd all these side gigs that he'd get us to come be his backing band. And he, he'd let us open up and we'd play for 30, 45 minutes. And then he'd come up and play. And nice. So we did that for several years. It was a lot of fun. So I got a big chunk of, you know, good blues influence from all that. Nice. You know, so. That's, so you, your influence is totally non-traditional. I mean, non-traditional in the sense that somebody would say, "Oh, I, you know, I like George Strait or yeah. whatever." You know, yeah, totally yeah. different yeah. from yeah. yours is non, more family non-radio. influence. <laughs> yeah, non-radio family yeah. influence yeah. and yeah. Uh, just flat out, you know, yeah. bumping into musicians on the street for the most part. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which I got really, that's, lu- that's I got really lucky. Ha- you know? That's how you have that homegrown sound. The roots, yeah, probably kind so. of. I got really lucky, you know. It was you know, um, yeah. It was not. It was more very organic, I guess. You know, <laughs> right. And Courtney yeah. comes from a completely different background. <laughs> oh yeah. Hey, Let's I'll flip the pancake. <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> okay, the pancake is flipped. Here we go, Courtney. Completely. Tell me about your influences. Side of the world. Um, I'm born and raised on my family's farm in eastern Washington State. And my mother, she really just loved um, the stringed instruments. And my older sister started violin at age six. And we were homeschooled. And when I was, I'm, I'm a year and 11 months younger than my older sister. And I said, Mom, Mom, what do I get to play? Because she put her on a violin. And her violin instructor and teacher told my mom not to put me on the same instrument as my sister because we're so close in age that there would be maybe some competition mm-hmm. between siblings and and that could um, cause more harm than good. Right, right. So um, my mom said, okay, we'll, we'll put Courtney on the cello, which fast forward to now that there's been many years of my mom said we couldn't quit until we were 18, and she practiced with us. I'm liking your mom. <laughs> I wish my mom would have done that to me yeah, when I picked up the guitar. Yeah, very, very strict. I learned a lot of discipline from my parents. Um, they worked with us um, hard, and mom practiced with us, my sister and I, older sister and I, for an hour every day. She set the timer. Wow. And we, I'm like, where can I even find an hour in a day? Yeah. yeah. Tell her about when you try to... Oh, I would be like, during our practice hour, I would be like, Mom, Mom, guess what happened today? Blah, 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 blah. And she said, just a second, pause. Yes, honey. <laughs> right, yeah. So the timer. She paused the timer, and I would go, Because <laughs> <laughs> you were trying to talk your way <laughs> out of lessons. I was trying to kill the time on the... Yeah, so there was there was some several, several... Uh, sounds like my daughter. She's seven. <laughs> she does stuff like that. Yeah. yeah. I, was, I was thinking I was being clever, but... Right now, like every time I pick up my instrument, I just have nothing but gratitude and mm-hmm. appreciation for my mom and all the time she spent. It wasn't my time. It was her time as well. I mean, right. it, it takes time and it takes commitment and it takes that practice to get the techniques down or else I wouldn't know how to play my way out of a cardboard box, you know. Mm-hmm. But I get the opportunity to play and hear. Well, that's also what enables you to bounce around to other musicians and other writers and things and play in different environments because of that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. So you get that. Every, get 
every time we practiced and every time we had different. Because I've you know I've seen phenomenal musicians and phenomenal writers, but when put in a different situation, they fall apart. Yeah. Some 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 people are like I'm not right. saying everybody's like right. that. Yeah. But if they're if they kind of play in a box. And then when somebody pulls them out of the box and puts them in another box with a bunch of other folks, they're like, uh, what do I do now? Where in your case, that was never going to happen. (laughs) Um, And so when I was in eighth grade, my cello teacher said, well, you can, you know, if you want to pursue music, we can, you know, get a scholarship to this college. And I studied at the University of Idaho for music and had a, a cello scholarship and um music theory and all that jazz wow theory one theory two all skills i went to middle uh, tennessee state university which we lovingly call mt now yes um but i knew a lot of folks in the the music major um i was a music i was trying to get a music minor they wouldn't let me actually wouldn't let me do it it was kind of weird they wouldn't let me do it (laughs) but um the kids that were in the music major i was just just floored by what they had to know yeah it's amazing yeah that's true and it's 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 every waking moment and it's the study and it's like when you go to a studio engineer and you say well not a studio engineer but a recording engineer yeah (laughs) and you say math they're gonna they're gonna run for the door Ah, (laughs) you know most of them are yeah uh you got to be an acoustical engineer to want the math part but man the music major So if you did that, I have much respect. (laughs) When I um, decided to move to Mississippi in 2009, I didn't let it be known that I did all the classical stuff. And I took the cello into an open mic bar called Dave's Dark Horse Tavern in Starkville. And every Monday night is their open mic. And that's where I started cutting my teeth and playing different ways and genres. And I'd see a guitar player like Take Drew or someone else mm-hmm. who played music that I, I could hear my parts on. I could hear a cello. Like I could fit into that. Yeah, yeah. like I can play with that. I just kind of like tug on their sleeve and be like, hey, can yeah. I play with you? Right. Like, you know, they're looking at me kind of like, so you play the cello. Yeah, right. That's how Drew and I met. Um, did you? So did you? Is that? So you went up and said, "Can I play with you?" A oh, lot of oh, she nice. would. She yeah. would be like. <laughs> nice. It would be like about an hour or more of the open mic would be. Courtney time. It would be like every artist. She'd just stay up there, and every, every artist would get up there. And she'd oh, just that's play with hilarious! Every artist was like, "Yeah, we, will we you just, play you with know? me? Will you play with me?" So it took me like that's the first sweet. three or four nights to like say, "Hey, I really like your playing and your style. I think cello would lend itself really well to your music or mm-hmm. that song." Hey, play that song one more time and let me play with it because I awesome. just need to hear it once. You became everybody's little sister for a while. Yeah. It sounds <laughs> like. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I was like, "Play with me, play with yeah. me." Yeah. It was a lot of fun, and That's great. I got a lot of experience in improv and like I mean, ear training is what Suzuki the the method I started on was Suzuki method, and Suzuki method is a lot of ear training. You have your book one that also goes along with your tape. Back when I was little, it was oh, a tape. Oh, okay. I understand. And I've got some cassettes in the exactly. music closet there. So every time we were in the vehicle with mom, we'd be listening to our Suzuki nice. tapes. Yeah, nice. So very a lot of ear training. And that's so, awesome and 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 here we are and yep. here we are now we're playing folk and <laughs> two blues. different sides of the southern pancake folks yes yep. and they're together and they're making music and <laughs> it's americana it's folk it's roots it's blues mm. a little bit smush everything. it all up together and yeah. 
have a pancake with yep. it. Yep. You know? Yeah. <laughs> gumbo. Gumbo. <laughs> have, some, have some gumbo. Yeah. Some cornbread. Some nice. yeah. There you go. So so let's just progress on. We have a treat for everybody tonight. There is actually a live recording in the Nashville Rock Studios of Honey Boy and Boots. They were gracious enough to let me uh, bounce around them with a couple of microphones and see if I could get something. And we did. And yeah. I, I think it cool. sounds great. So yeah. tell me about this song. Well, this is uh, kind of about Uncle Doug and the family reunions. It's called We Played On, and uh, that's, you know, it's about me being a kid and that being the first, you know, uh, first big inspiration for me musically. We played on, on, 
played on All right, and we are back. This is the Nashville Rocks podcast. I'm Jason Coleman. I'm here with Courtney and Drew of Honey Boy and Boots. And that was We Played On live in the Nashville Rocks studios. And I say that lightly. (laughs) (laughs) My office with microphones. (laughs) And the dog that I've kept downstairs this time. Most of the time, he's in the recording in one way, shape, or form, scratching or groaning or something. (laughs) But uh, we kept him out for that one. But, but what a great song! What a uh, man! You guys really, I appreciate you coming by. I mean, yeah, thanks, thanks for having us. Hanging, yeah. hanging out. We did a little photo shoot today. Yeah, we, it was we, fun. We've had a full afternoon for yeah. the most part. You'll be sick of me in the next five minutes or so. Yeah. <laughs> but hopefully, you know, uh, we get some folks to listen. And and that reminds me, you know, uh, I'm trying to do things like live recordings, trying to mix things up for the podcast listeners. Um, and I would appreciate it if you guys would head on over to iTunes. And, you know, give it a like, uh, write a review. Would love to uh, read your reviews on the air. Uh, that would be fantastic if you would do that. Um, you know, we've had a lot of great artists in the podcast, Honey Boy and Boots. You know, they're, they're here tonight. They're great. They travel all over the place. You might even get the chance to see them in your hometown. Mm-hmm. Um, but we've had some great artists come through here, and it would be great to get some reviews, not only on the podcast and the show, but on those artists, you know, their performance on the show and that kind of thing. So. We appreciate it if y'all would do that. Head on over to iTunes. We're also on Facebook, Nashville Rocks on Facebook. We're on Twitter, Nashville Rocks. I think I've got just about every kind of social account there is. Um, but speaking of which, we were talking about um, the blues. Give me your name again. The blues lady that I was talking about earlier. Oh, uh, uh, big, I think it's Big Mama Thornton. I, I, I posted that video on the Facebook feed. So if you want to scroll through there and have a listen to that, it's amazing with a yeah, big a it really is mm-hmm. and there's a bunch of people in stands on the other side of the train tracks yeah. like clapping along and stuff it's it's, it's like pre-elvis pre-beatles yeah it's it's <laughs> it's wherever they pulled this recording from is pretty awesome either yeah. way so you can always check us out on facebook and whatnot so why don't you guys tell us about how to find you guys i know there's honeyboyandboots.com which right. is probably the main place you want folks to go yeah, yeah. there's website. Uh, there's website um and then uh we we're do a lot with Facebook. Very nice. active Facebook. Uh, it's just Honey Boy and Boots. Um, and Honey Boy is all one word. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. And uh, Instagram. Instagram. Honey Boy and Honey Boy Boots. There's a Nashville Rocks Instagram as well. Awesome. Mm-hmm. We'll Twitter. have to connect Twitter. there. Twitter. Twitter. Yeah. Um, so you guys are on, on the social just, tip. Just, so, about, just yeah. most of it. Yeah. It, nice. It's pretty active, especially we, we post something almost every day on Facebook. So, so let's talk about the next upcoming gigs where you're going to be, because this is going to come out. I'll probably put this out in the next couple of days yeah. and it'll take a day to go through iTunes. And then mm-hmm. so about a week out, do you guys have some gigs you want to share? Yeah. Um, we've got, keeping in mind that this is, you know, podcasts are ageless. Once they're uh, up, they're up. Yeah. Well, we got uh, December 30th at the Bunganut Pig in, um, in Franklin. Which has been a great place. We've been we play there about once a month. It's been a really good good spot. That's for a us. nice little place. It kind of yeah. reminds me of an Irish pub, even though it's not. Yeah, yeah. We really like it, especially in the in the summer. You know, we can play outside. Right. It's fun. We, it's fun to play inside too. So we have that one, and then we have. Uh, they're checking their phones, folks. They're yes. they're they're looking We're into their. On- January eighth, we'll be over in uh, in uh, Murfreesboro at Mayday Brewery, and then the. Uh, let's see. The fifteenth of January, we'll be at this place called South yeah, in Nashville. Uh, cool, it's a new, new venue new in Nashville, uh, mm-hmm. downtown Nashville, called South. And um, 
So, you know, you're going to want to. They're everywhere, guys. That. Check <laughs> us out on honeyboyandboots.com. I'm always posting those dates. And, right. and you're on iTunes and you're on CD yes. Baby mm-hmm. and I believe Amazon. Yeah. Yep. And I'm going to have links yep. to all this stuff on the website and. I think I'll probably make the songs available on Nashville Rocks too. If yeah, they're down there, they're down with it. So they, yeah. it's on record now, folks. You heard yeah. it. Yeah. Um, so they'll you'll be able to get to their music just about anywhere uh, if you link over to the NashvilleRocks.com. Yeah. Uh, I'll have links to all of their stuff, um, notes about the show, the whole deal. So yeah. yeah. So that's Honey Boy and Boots, folks. I'm glad you tuned in. Thank you very much for the download. It means a lot to me. It means a lot to the artists that come in here that work hard and are not supported by a record label, folks. That's right. Every single person I've had in here is not supported by a record label. They're independents. They're out there. They're doing it. Speaking of being out there and doing it, there's a lot of folks who listen to this, I imagine, because I have no idea who's listening to this, um, that are, in my opinion, probably going to be just like you guys. They're going to be independents. Um, They're going to want to know what other independents are doing that's successful. Mm -hmm. What about, what would you guys tell new folks to music? People who are maybe just moving to Nashville or people who are just starting their band. What is working for you guys? Not only as a couple, but as a a band who travels all over the place and plays paid gigs. uh, What is working for you guys? You know, uh, the sayings, what is it? uh, Success looks a lot like work. <laughs> uh, it, it, you know, we work as hard or harder, you know, behind the scenes as we do just playing the gigs. I mean, you know, that's the fun part, playing the music and everything. But then we're constantly uh, cold calling new ve- different venues. Uh, Courtney sends out; she'll send out ten or fifteen emails a day sometimes, and then so it's just a lot of a lot of you know you send out a lot of emails and you you, you get your you get your you know get a website get your bio mm-hmm. together get get some music recorded it doesn't have to be you know the most perfect sounding thing ever but get something out there yeah and, one of the folks know, i interviewed on the website they they had some recordings on their cell phones that got them gigs really so yeah yeah, yeah. i mean it could be anything um and just get put yourself out there to play you know yeah. and that that that's really really you know, just it's just a lot of hard work. You I know. like to call it pleasantly persistent. Yes. yes. You know, um, as long as you're nice, people don't mind if you're persistent. So. You know, going I agree. I agree with that completely. I book. I book for uh, Rich Lehman. So yeah, yeah. I agree with that. I yeah. Agree with that. You know, and don't be discouraged. And and not hearing back from a venue is not a personal reflection. Usually not at all. Right. You know. They probably get a lot of emails, right. and it's hard to filter through. So and persistence you, and yeah. being and positive. And when you're starting out, too, especially in Nashville, I mean, the the yeah. open mic circuit is key. It's yeah. crazy. Because yeah. there's, there's so many open mics and so many good ones, and you just got to get out there and play them and put your hand out and there, there and some shake of them, people's hands. There are but, even some of them that are still by handshake. They don't even, yeah. like, put your name on a the list. They're like, yeah, just show up yeah. and tell Gary to say. Exactly. Uh, Get some you, business you know. cards made, put them in people's hands, yeah. leave, them, leave them on tables. Just It's just, it's all about. Don't be afraid to promote yourself. Right. Yeah. If right. you're ready. Mm-hmm. That's, the, that's the thing. I think a lot of people are super talented, but they're, you know, they're playing in their living room and they're like, why am I not? famous and (laughs) playing gigs they think they can make it just by doing youtube videos or something (laughs) like you said i mean uh you know the record labels aren't doing much these days so you kind of got to get out there and be your own record label and you know put yourself out there so awesome yeah there's your action items folks from honey boy and boots who are out there killing it so 
Thank you guys, Honey Boy and Boots, for coming yeah, by. Thank you, Absolutely. Thank you for the download, uh, Nashville Rocks listener. And we will see you next time on the Nashville Rocks podcast. Goodbye and God bless. Woo!